Welcome to the Cornerstone Church Podcast. We are glad you are taking advantage of this resource. If you would like to find out more information about our church or connect with us, go to cornerstonebv.org. You can also check us out on our Facebook page, at CornerstoneBV. We hope that the message today impacts your life and draws you closer in your walk with Christ. They say a rooster crowing is God's wake-up call. Yeah, that's, uh, at least that's the way it was for me. Everything, that that whole night was a blur, all right? Um, I didn't comprehend, none of us could comprehend everything that was going on, all right? We were all in the upper room, Jesus was washing our feet. Um, Then we were in the garden, Jesus goes off to pray by himself. I fell asleep, I'm not proud of it, I had a big meal. Bread makes me sleepy. Next thing we know, me, James, and John, Jesus is in our face, and he's trying to wake us up, and uh, he said, um, he said, uh, the uh, the flesh is weak, the spirit is willing, and and then before we know it, Judas is kissing Jesus on the cheek. I try to go help him. I cut off this guard's ear. For the record, I wasn't aiming for his ear. I'm a fisherman, not a swordsman. Then they, uh, they arrest Jesus, and they take him off, and we... We ran. And it wasn't but two hours earlier that we were in the upper room. I was looking at him. I was looking him right in the eye saying, if everyone disowns you, Jesus, I won't. I'm with you. I love you. And I think that's what made me stop, turn around, go back. And uh, I caught a glimpse of Jesus as they were taking him to the high priest's house. Stood at the gate, and some girl comes up to me, starts pointing at me, starts going, you, you're with him. You're with this man that claims to be the son of God. You're one of his disciples. I felt like every eye was on me. So I just brushed her off. I said, you don't know what you're talking about. You got the wrong guy. I get my way into the courtyard, and uh, it's cold. I, I try to warm up by the fire. And then there's this guy that recognizes me, and he is uh, from the ear incident, you know, and starts going, get him, get him, he's with him. Just arrest him, get him. And I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about, all right? I wasn't with him. It was easier the second time to deny him. It was sometime right before morning, and um, this wise guy, he comes up to me and goes, Who are you kidding, all right? Who are you fooling? You're with him. I can tell by your accent. I'm like, this is just the way I talk, all right? And, and the whole night, they kept pushing him around. They kept beating him. They kept spitting on him, throwing insults at him. And I couldn't take it anymore. I had enough. I was tired of people accusing me, looking at me. And I, and I just I said a few things that I'm not proud of, but I was like, leave him alone. You don't know what you're doing, all right? Just leave him alone. I wasn't with him. And that's when I heard the most blood-curdling sound I ever heard in my whole life. I heard that rooster crow. And at that moment, 
Jesus, he turns around and he looks at me. He looks at me. And his gaze, you can't escape his gaze. I mean, when his eyes are on you, you cannot escape it. And they arrested him and they took him off. I will die with you, Jesus. As everyone, did. If everybody disowns you, I will die with you. What a, what a joke. I mean, what would you do? At that moment, at that time, I ran. I ran so fast, I ran so long. And you know what they did? They killed him. He's dead. So we have Peter, and he's left in this place. Maybe we've never been there physically, but it's this, this place full of tears. Picture him on his knees, and he didn't have physical chains, but he had those chains that we can become all too familiar with the chains of regret, the chains of shame, the chains of I've gone too far. I've really messed up this time. And Peter had to have been thinking, it's over now. And yet we know, as we'll see, that something changed. Somewhere, that shattered faith became a living hope, like we just sang. What happened? Well, it wasn't Peter. It was Jesus. And the fact that Jesus Christ is risen. And so that changes everything for Peter, and it changes everything for you and me. It gives us the freedom, the regret, and the shame, and the past, and the fears. All of that is gone, not because of us, but because of him. Let's pray. Lord, it's a good place to be on my knees, and I pray that you will do your work through your Holy Spirit tonight with us, Lord. You've brought us here for a reason. Some of us eager for your word, eager to worship, others not. But you know us. You know every hair in our heads. And Lord, I pray that you would move in us. I pray that wherever we're at, all over the, the map, um, in, in our lives, God, that every single person in this room would leave here with a sense uh, in their hearts, in their minds of that living hope that comes from knowing the risen King. And so, Lord, we give this time to you. We thank you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Well, thanks for being here. It's good to see you. This is our added uh, gathering, so it's a good experiment. Maybe we'll do this every week. Just don't tell the worship team I said that, all right? Um, and uh, I got to wear a different color tomorrow. You may not see me when I'm up here, but uh, we'll do better tomorrow, I didn't realize. So it's like the green screen, you know? So Peter, I, you know, how did he get there is the question, right? Because we might not all identify with like the extrovert Peter because that's who he was but we do identify with the tale of two Peters when it comes to his life 
And, and, and so it, it really began, I don't know if you, you remember the story, but he's an apostle, right? And, and uh, his real name was Simon, and Jesus called him the rock. Like if Jesus calls you the rock, that's cool, right? Like you're the, you're the rock. And it uh, really means pebble, so I'm not sure if that's really what he meant. But he, he, he knew about Jesus, and he had uh, certainly had, had, had been around Jesus before, um, but he, he kind of, it, it's like maybe when someone who hovers around Jesus a little bit, right? We kind of like being around him. He intrigues us, but there's a difference between that and a call to obey him. And so that, that happened um, with, uh, uh, he, he was in a boat with his brother, Andrew, and that's why we have a boat here. Some of you are not at all surprised that there was a boat in the church. What do I got to do, people? All right? You're like, what kind of a budget do they have? It was volunteer, it was given just for the day, all right? So, uh, and, and so Peter's in this boat and pray that I don't topple over, even though there's no actual water. I might even find a way to drown. And so they're in, in this, this boat, they're fishing. It's like any other day for them. Right? It's any other day for others, but just like some of you, if you know Christ, you remember that day where he called you to follow him. And that's what happened to Peter and Andrew. Jesus uh, was walking kind of on the, the, the surface near the, the Sea of Galilee. They're fishing, and they look, and they're probably thinking he's going to pass by, and he stops, and he looks at them. Right? He looks at them, and, and he says, come and follow me. Right? He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You gotta just, what does that even mean? Like, we're gonna start throwing nets on people now? All right, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And, and so, it's at that moment, I don't know if you can remember that moment where Jesus called you, but I do. I was a college student in a huge arena full of college students, and I, I just was, head was, you know, the speaker was speaking, and I just, Jesus was calling my life, and I've told you guys this many times, I just was like, I don't know why you want me, Jesus, I have no idea, but you got me. Man, it's been a lot of tale of two Jamies like Peter, but I've never stopped because there's no better place to be. And so what happened to Peter and his brother Andrew, right, is they, they, they rowed. I mean, we'll see later. He swam, right? They get to shore, and they literally leave it behind. That's it. That's it. And, and, and we're going to see, he, Peter is that, that um, guy in, the, in, the, in your group, you know, your posse or your, your friend group, that person who's like, you're all thinking it and they say it. You got someone like that? If you don't, it's you, okay? And your kids think it's you and they're like walking behind you like this because they know you're going to say something, right? And, and, and that was Peter, right? And sometimes... It was great, as we're going to see, but sometimes he, he stuck his foot in his, in his mouth, right? And, and so he, he had the tail of two beaters, the ups and downs. There was this other uh, time where he's, he's in the, the, the boat, uh, and this time he's with other disciples, and, and Jesus had him go on ahead. You might remember this story, even if you didn't grow up in church. It's a pretty famous one, and you maybe have even tried it when you were younger. And they're, they're in the boat on the Sea of Galilee. It's in the middle of the night, and, and it's kind of, it's not too bad, but it's winds picking up a little bit, right? There they are, and they see somebody walking actually on the water, and they're like, okay, that must be a ghost, because who does that? And so they realize, and then he gets closer and closer, and they realize it's Jesus saying, it's me, it's Jesus. And you got to think, all the other disciples had to have been like, this is amazing. And they're just in awe. And at that moment, maybe just don't say anything. But Peter, 
He's like your three-year-old. Can I try? Can I try? Can I try? Right? Can I? I'll do it. Jesus, just call to me. I'll, I'll walk in the water. So, so Jesus says, all right, Peter, let's see what kind of faith you, you got. And, and, and Peter gets out, and he actually does it. Imagine the disciples like, wow, Peter. And, and uh, you really are. Like he's always was like first on the list thinking, I'm the top draft choice, guys, so get behind. And they're like, you really are the top draft choice. And he's, he's walking in this water as if it's like a, an ice rink. No problem, right? No problem at all. And, and then it says that uh, something happened. It got a little windy. It says, but when, the, uh, the, when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Have you ever wondered, like, okay, you're walking on the water with Jesus, and it gets a little windy, and that's what got you? Right? What, why would that get you? But that's why I love Peter. That's, that's me. I don't know about you, but there's, there's times you're like, you think about all that God's done in your life, saved you, or he's, he's gotten you through something so hard, or he's, he's, he's helped someone you know, and all the, the things you know God has done, right? And, and you feel like you've got this amazing faith, and then a little wind blows, and you begin to sink, right? A prognosis from a doctor, or a layoff of a job you didn't expect, or someone you love is in trouble, and suddenly you're sinking. That's why we love Peter. Because he shows how real life is. One minute, he's like, I'm walking on the water. Next minute, save me. And Jesus reaches out and saves him. This is how it went for Peter. There was a day where, um, uh, you might even call this an exam that Jesus gave. And he, he was with his disciples again, and he was saying, what do people say about me? And they were giving all kinds, oh, they're saying you're this, you're this. And he's like, all right, all right well, what about you? You know, and it's like, everyone's like, oh, man, we can't really screw this one up. But not Peter. He's always going to speak, right? And so when Jesus asks that, Peter uh, replied, said, Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow, Peter. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Wow, you can see the disciples saying, Peter, you are the top draft choice, man. You, next exam, I'm studying with the rock. Right? And he's like, got the, the superhero, capital R. I, 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 look at me, I'm leading the charge. Great faith, great statement. Jesus even said it has to come from God that was so good. And so, you know, that's wonderful, but the problem is, is you don't even have to turn the page on your Bible to get a whole different situation. Because right after that, Jesus decides to dig down a little bit deeper in, in, in their faith, and he's like, okay, but here's what's going to happen. There's this divine plan of God, and so I need to be handed over to the Romans by the chief leaders and priests, and I need to die. I need to be crucified, and three days later, I will rise. I need to do this. It's God's plan to save lost sinners, and as Jesus is saying that, they're all like, oh my goodness, this is not what we, what we expect, expected. And so what did Peter do? Because he's capital R, top draft choice. And so he, he, Peter took Jesus aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, that shall never happen to you. So, so Jesus tell him, divine plan of God, cross, empty tomb, this has got to happen. And, and, and Peter's like, hold on, hold on, hold up, conference, come here, Jesus, over here. Huddle up. Time out. That ain't going to happen. 
It's not happening. He's telling Jesus, like, if you, he's rebuking him. Just free counsel. If you find yourself rebuking Jesus and his plan for your life, back away from the table. This is the guy who tells dead people to not be dead anymore, right? And he's saying, he's saying, no, I don't think so. So, uh, Jesus turns to him. Remember, uh, God bless you, uh, Simon. You know, God gave that to you. Now he turns and said to Peter, pretty much the same page on your Bible, get behind me, Satan. That's not good to be called Satan by Jesus. You are a hindrance to me, for you are not setting your minds, your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. So why is he he's calling him Satan all of a sudden? He goes, see the tale of two Peters? Blessed are you, A plus. Now you're Satan. Was he suddenly dressed in red and growing horns, pitchfork? He wasn't actually calling Peter Satan, right? He was calling his plan of what he wanted Jesus to be and who Jesus was. He said, that's satanic because it's a plan of man. What Peter basically wanted was Jesus to not go to the cross, to not rise from the grave, and therefore leave Peter, the disciples, you and me, all of us, lost forever in eternity and separate from the grace of God because Jesus wouldn't go to the cross. So that's why Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. You see, what happens is, um, to Peter is what happens to us sometimes. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. We create our own version of who we want Jesus to be. And when he doesn't live up to it, we get angry at him. Well, my Jesus wouldn't do that. Okay. Imagine Heather's here right now, my wife. Imagine if she got married to me and she uh, had decided that I was like Elon Musk. You know, the genius billionaire who wants us all to go to Mars. You know that guy? And she's convinced. Like She marries me saying that's who I am. And she comes to find out I'm none of those things. I don't have a billion dollars. I know little about science. I'm not a genius. And I'm kind of afraid of Mars, to be honest. And what if she, she starts, she's trying, and, and then she gets angry at me because I'm not that. How fair would that be? How ridiculous, right? But that's what we do to God. That's what we do. Well, I believe God should be like this. Well, he's not. <laughs> so stop getting angry at him for not being something that you want him to be. When Jesus told uh, those two words when, when Peter and Andrew were in the boat, he said, follow me, not your version of me, not the things you like about me. Follow me. That's the journey of Peter and each one of us, to learn who Jesus really is, right? And so he kind of has a fall there. But then a little bit later, we have this thing that happens that we call the transfiguration. And Peter, James, and John, the inner circle of Jesus, they're, they're led up on a mountain with Jesus, and he literally turns white, shining of his holiness. Moses and Elijah come and join him, right? And they're there, and, they, and Peter, James, and John, they're just wowed by this, as any of us would be. But here's a little tip, you know, and I think James and John understood this, that when, if you ever are with Jesus, and he turns white with his glory and holiness, like just shh. Be quiet. Not Peter. Peter's got to say something. And he means well. He does. So he says, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I'll make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. Like, I got three Hall of Famers here. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And he's completely missing the point that Moses and Elijah are down here. Jesus is up here. He's like, I'll, I'll make you some, some, some shelter, right? So it says, he was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. 
And I've, I've read this scripture so many times that I said, maybe it's because I'm looking at it from the, the, the point of view of Peter. It's the first time I ever realized God the Father had to interrupt Peter while he was speaking. God was like, shh, 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 right? Hey, this is my, stop trying. This is my beloved son. Oh, my, I'm pleased. And he's like, Listen to him. He doesn't say dot, 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 Peter. But can't you almost hear it? Listen to him. Him, not you. Not what you want him to be. And so Peter's always kind of going back and, and forth and, 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 and all of this, right? And, and, and this happened right to the end where we find him. And, and, and you get kind of closer and closer to the, the cross. And you get to Last Supper, the foot washing. We won't even go into that, right? It's like, don't, don't wash my feet, Jesus. Come on, Peter. I'm trying to make a point here. And, and then they get out into the, 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 um, the Mount of Olives. And Jesus he gets real serious. He knows he has to go to the cross alone. But these are his closest friends. And, and, and he says, look, all of you tonight are going to scatter. You're going to run away. And the rest of them are like, well, what, really? You know? But of course, Peter says something to Jesus. And he answered him. He said, though they all fell away because of you, Jesus, I will never fall away. Imagine if you were one of the other disciples. Oh, thanks a lot. These scumbags, they're going to leave. Not me. Right? I'm the top draft choice. Capital R. I'm not falling away. And Jesus looks at him and says, truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter's kind of on this high horse a spiritual high horse we can get on we've arrived I just warn you I've been there the fall from the spiritual high horse is long and hard and so Peter still thinks I got no problems I can do this even if I, 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 even if I die I won't, I won't do it right he says um, Peter said to him even if I must die with you I will not deny you and all the other disciples said, yeah, us too, us too, the same. Well, Jesus says, all right, Peter, I'm not going to ask you to die for me, right? But I do want you, and he brings James and John, and you remember the scene. Jesus literally has an anguished prayer. He's going to the Father, sweating drops of blood. He knows he's facing the cross the next day, and he asks Peter and James and John to do two things, just two things, stay awake and pray. I wonder how many of us, maybe God's just calling us to just stay awake and pray. There's a woman in our church, she tells me all the time, God woke me up out of the sleep, I got on my knees and I prayed all night. I'm like, you, you should be preaching. <laughs> but how many of us, and, 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 and it's not necessarily physically sleeping, right? It's like how many of us this weekend, maybe God's calling us to pray, maybe God's calling us to do something and we're going to spend it, you know, posting dumb political memes on social media. So asleep of what God's really doing. And, and so Peter, James, John, what they do this? I don't know if it was the bread, the wine, at the last, what it was. And, they, and, there's, and Jesus kept coming back. Guys, can you stay awake? Stay awake, right? And so finally, huh, they wake up. Like you saw in the video, they wake up. Judas is there, a battalion of soldiers. And, and Peter, who was asked to just stay awake and pray, he grabs a sword, right? He runs up. Oh, yeah, actual sword. Nobody get nervous. Okay. You know what's amazing? I post on Facebook, I need a sword, no one asks any questions. Like 15 people in our church says, I got one. <laughs> Lonnie Swendeman, Lonnie's like, I got like 15 of them. I'm like, what is wrong with our church? I mean, we don't believe in the zombie apocalypse, but if we are wrong, we're ready, okay? 
And, and so, all right, back to Peter. Peter's got a sword. I even have a wooden one here that's a little safer for the kids, okay? And, and, and he's got a sword. And, and like you saw in the video, he, he slices off Malchus's ear. And think about Jesus. He's like, this is the hardest night of his life. He's praying in anguish. Just, just pray for me. And now he's got to bend down in the dirt and pick up some dude's bloody ear and slap it back on his head. He's looking at Peter like, really? Just pray. I don't need this. You keep going again. I'm going to put this away before someone gets hurt, okay? Um, and, and we don't need that right now, Peter. And so he, he gets arrested. Everyone scatters. And, and Peter and John go in the courtyard. And man, you, you know what happened there. Three times he denied knowing Christ. They ask him, you're the one. You were with him. You were with him. And then finally after the third time, Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and he wept bitterly. That's where we left him, right? Or where we started off. The chains of regret and the chains of I've lost. The high horse is gone. No more draft choice, no more capital R. We can relate. And you got to think, like, Peter, don't you wish, like, someday, and I probably won't do this to him in heaven because he doesn't want to recount this, but I'd love to know what he was doing on Friday and on Saturday. You sometimes see the post, you know, Peter was sleeping. Do you really think Peter was sleeping? I don't. He slept enough. I think he was, maybe would fall asleep and jerk back awake. And have you ever done that where you stare at the ceiling? Why? Why? Regrets. Shame brokenness I'm too why would God even if Jesus wasn't dead what would he want with me right and 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 so he he's like that on on that terrible Thursday night Friday Saturday so what freedom of this what began to give Peter hope was it a YouTube video that he watched was it a self-help conference what what was it it wasn't any of that it was Sunday that's when right, you, the, the, the women, they go to take care of his body, and they see he's gone, and the angels say, hey, go tell the disciples and Peter that he's risen, right? And so they, they go, and they tell uh, uh, the, the disciples, and of course, John, the Gospel of John, he tells the story. He's the one writing this, and, and he, he, he never names himself. He, he calls himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Must be nice, right? Well, I guess if you write the story, you get to kind of give yourself that title. And so he says, so Peter went out with the other disciple. That's John. They were going towards the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Why does John need to write that? Is there any reason for that at all? Except a weird flex? I think Peter... With so much bravado, I'm so awesome that John's like, they're going to know for all of eternity, you slow. I'll tell you that. And so he, he tells them, like, they, they, they get there, but then, of course, he stops and looks in. He saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. And Simon Peter finally rolled in, right, following him. And he went to the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went in. And he saw and believed, for as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. And so now it's like, I think he's really risen. Oh, yeah, he actually said he was going to do that a few times, right? And, and so for Peter, though, what must he be thinking? 
he's risen and that's great and, and, and I don't know what all this means and I certainly don't know what this means for me because of what I've done, how far I've fallen, the chains of regret, the chains of shame, I've sinned, I've gone too far. And so a few days go by and I think one of my, I know I say this all the time, one of my favorite stories also involves a boat, right? And uh, let me put it on the, uh, the end of this, okay? And so he's in a boat because, you know, this is Peter. He's, he's like, all right, Jesus is risen and uh, I don't really know what this means. I'll go fishing, all right? And that's what he does. So he goes, he goes fishing, and they're out there, and, and they're, they're back in the boat, and they're trying to catch fish, and all night long they don't catch a thing, right? Until they hear some guy on the shore say, hey, throw your nets that way. So they do, thinking this probably won't work. But then so many fish, the, the nets barely can hold them all, right? And John's like, I think that's the Lord. And Peter, you would think he'd take an horn. A couple minutes, we'll get to see Jesus. But that's not what Peter does. Peter instead, right, dives out of the boat into the water. I wish I had water here. I would, I would swim, but I don't have that kind of budget, all right? And he swims all the way to shore. And you just imagine Peter up just going, <laughs> I mean, Jesus going, Peter. It's like if you have a seven-year-old, like a Tasmanian devil, like a seven-year-old son. Like, <laughs> and she want to kill him. And man, you love him all at the same time. That's how to be how Jesus feels for Peter and for Jamie, <laughs> often. Really? It's Easter. You brought a boat into the church? What are you thinking, right? No. And he gets to shore, and that's where you see that beautiful scene where he says, Peter, do you love me? He says, you know I do. And he says, feed my sheep. Jesus, and he says, Peter, do you love me? You know I do. Feed my lambs. A third time. And here's the thing. Have you ever said something to someone, and you're not lying, you do, but like in the back of your mind, you're thinking something else. I wonder if Peter was saying, yes, I do love you. In the back of his mind, he's hearing his voice play back like a recording. I don't know the man. I don't know him. I'm not with him. I love you. I'm not with him. Can't you just relate? And so he's got to be thinking that. He's got to be, be feeling that, right? And, and so after three times, Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Remember those two words when he was in the boat? Peter, follow me. Now, all this time, ups and downs, tale of two Peters, it still comes down to that. Peter, follow me. Me, not your version of me. Follow me. And so Peter has to understand something that each and every one of us have to understand about the broken chains because of the cross and the empty tomb, and it comes down to grace. Beautiful thing we sing, a concept that's hard to understand. Let's watch and see what happens to Peter. Grace is God's unmerited favor for us, his crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. 
Jesus, is that you? You're alive. I can't believe you're alive. Okay, I was in the boat and I wasn't catching any fish, okay? But I heard this voice and the voice said, cast your net to the other side. And so I'm thinking, I'm a fisherman. I know what I'm doing, but I'm not catching any fish, you know? And so I throw that net over there and then a gaggle of fish pop into that net and I'm going, this is a total miracle. Who could have done that? I need to know who told me to throw the net to the other side. And boom, I look up and I mean, there is you. You're looking at me on the seashore going, it is I, the Lord, and you're alive. I can't believe you're alive. This is awesome. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Yes, I love you. I love you. You're alive. This is so great. Good. And, then feed my sheep. Andrew, get out of the boat. Come on, man. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? I love you. Yes. And I'm so sorry about that rooster cluck, and I had no idea what that meant, but I do not. I'm better for it, all right? Okay. Then feed my sheep. Andrew, I'm smiling, but I'm serious. Come on, get out of the boat. It's him. Peter. Yeah. Do you love me? Jesus, mere words cannot describe the passion that I have for you. I love you. You know everything. I love you. Good. Good. Then feed my sheep. I didn't even know you had livestock. That is so like you, though. There's something new about you all the time. That's what I love about you. Peter, yeah. do you remember uh, the morning the ladies went to the tomb? Yeah, 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 yeah. We're all in the upper room trying to figure out what to do next, you know, because we thought you were dead. You know, you were dead, you know, and we're trying to figure all that out, you know. And Mary comes running up, and Mary's like saying, beehive, beehive, beehive. And I'm thinking, I'm allergic to bees. Like, keep them out. You know what I'm saying? But as she kept getting closer, I heard her correctly. She was saying, he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And we're going, who's alive, who's alive? And she said, she was at the tomb, and the tomb was empty. And she said that the, there was an angel there. And the angel said, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay, he is risen. And so me and John, we hightailed it down there. And if John says he beat me, he's totally lying, all right? I beat him, FYI, all right, you know? And we get down there and I'm looking in that tomb and it is, it is empty. There's nothing in there, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And John is right there. John is so good with words. He should write a book. He is so good with words. And John said, don't you get it, Peter? This is everything Jesus said he was going to do, and you did it, and it's done. Let's go. This is so great. Wait, yeah. the angel said what? Uh, go tell the disciples and Peter that everything is okay. He is risen. You've risen. Let's go. This he is said what? Go tell the disciples and Peter. Go tell the disciples and Peter. You said my name. Why did you say my name? Peter, that's grace. No, no, I don't, I don't deserve that because that night people kept coming up to me asking me if I belonged to you, if I was with you, and I kept denying you left and right, all right? No, no it'll take me my whole life to make up for what I did. It was unforgivable for no, what I did. No, What I did on the cross was meant to take what is unforgivable and make it forgivable. That's my grace. It's not about you. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter. That's how the chains um, of Peter turn in to the Peter who would turn to a force for the church. He'd still make a lot of mistakes. Some we even have recorded. But he became that force. You remember um, in our, uh, when we were singing, Lauren, um, shared this uh, passage for us. Um, hold on. From First Peter. And this is the same Peter, right? 
who's broken in the puddle of tears, and he's writing now to a church that's struggling and suffering and hurting, and he writes, Blessed be the God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy. He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And so... Sometimes you read your Bibles, you're like, oh, there's just this guy. Peter is a real religious guy, and he wrote some cool words, and I really, really don't relate. Can we relate now? Up and down, tale of two Peters who desperately, desperately needed God's grace, and he got it because of the cross Jesus took his place and the resurrection, he is alive, a living hope. That means it's not going to die, not just here, but in eternity. So he says, yeah, okay, I'm going to die for, for Jesus, but my living hope moves on. He tells all this church that, yes, you're going you're gonna to experience sufferings, but you're, you have a living hope. And so my prayer is that every one of us on this day where we celebrate the resurrection of Christ is that we, each and every one of us, has and leaves here understanding what it means to have a living hope. I don't know what your chains might be, what your regrets are, but I know you got them. What your, your, your past, your sins, your shame, your, like, the things that still kind of like I don't know, keep you up and down. You're like, really, Jesus? Like, uh, how can it be true? It seems too easy. Grace is not easy. It was won by the bloody cross and the power of God in an empty tomb for a living hope. But it gives you, I don't know what your resume is, but trust me, that night when God called me, my resume was far more bad than good. And I was like, why would you want me, Jesus? But then he just says, you, that's why I did this. It's called grace. You throw the chains off because he broke them for you. And so you leave here with a living hope when you trust in this Christ. And so then what then? Simply those two words, follow me. And for you, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a spiritual kind of, you're on one of those high horses that Peter got. I've gotten on them before. And you need to, humility, humility, humility. Maybe it's your own version of Jesus that, that you've been trying to follow. And you need to open the book, the word of God. Be in church or be in a, a study or something that gets you to realize... Follow him means him, not my version of him. It could be something he's calling you to not do, something he's calling you to do. I don't know, but I know he says to you, follow me. Follow me. You have a living hope. You can walk in that freedom, but you walk in a direction after the risen Jesus Christ. Let's pray. As our worship team comes up, let's pray. Father, I, I, I thank you for those broken chains that we already even sang about. And Lord, in the name of Jesus and by the power of your spirit, on this celebration of the empty tomb, I pray for all of the people in this room, including myself. First, Lord, I pray for those who are born again in Christ, those who are seeking to follow you, sometimes better than others, like Peter, but we are. I pray for my brothers and sisters that they would leave here tonight, whatever they've done, whatever chains those things are, that they will drop them and leave them here, God, and they will know the living hope that is the risen Christ, the freedom that is the risen Christ, and that they will see afresh, no matter what they did earlier today or yesterday or the day before, they will see today, God, they will see that they can follow you. They can walk in your footsteps and do life the way you call them to do life. Father, I pray my favorite prayer 
is for anyone in this room who's just simply never put their trust in Christ. That maybe like Jesus sinking, that tonight, that even right now as I pray, they're just ready to cry out, Jesus, save me. And you reach out and you grab them from sinking because they've put their faith in you. I pray, Lord, you would save them on this Easter and that they would always remember this is the day you said follow me. It's in your precious, our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. All God's people said, amen. Let's stand and sing together.